Okay, hello. Uh, hello friends, good evening, old friends and new. And uh, I was struck just looking down the list of uh, names and then again coming in the hall now, how many of you I know here. And you know, at least half of you I, I know well, actually. So uh, that's really nice. So, the, uh, so to those of you who, for whom you know, there's a certain familiarity with me, and for others maybe a familiarity with Gaia House, so I just kind of welcome you into the coziness of that familiarity. And there's a few of you who, uh, some of you I don't know, and a few of you whom, uh, who haven't been to Gaia House before. And uh, I hope you can also feel welcome into a certain coziness, even if it's one of a certain unfamiliarity and that newness of finding out uh, what goes on here and what will go on here over these days, if that's uh, also seeming mysterious to you. That's actually mysterious to all of us. We'll find out together as we hang out quietly in the nature of things. So I'm very happy to, to be here again. Very happy to see you all. Very happy that the heating seems to have um, repaired uh, during the afternoon. And given the, uh, given the familiarity that the vast majority of you have with uh, meditation practice and Gaia House and most of you with me. Maybe to begin, not much is necessary by way of introduction and all. And I'll certainly speak some more this evening uh, about meditation practice and a little about unpacking the theme of the week. But first of all, let's just sit quietly together for some time. And just letting your sitting be rather natural. So that even as you take a posture that's kind of bright and upright, you can also really let your body be at ease. Just body sitting. The naturalness of the sensations of sitting. the invitation of the silence to just listen closely, to listen to the movement of your breath, the dance of sensations, the sounds of the evening. Moment by moment, to really just incline your attention towards an intimacy with things.
feeling your body sitting here. Feeling the passage of each breath. Just like this. And if the momentum of the day is with you, the journeying and arriving, just gently letting go of the various stray thoughts as you notice them. And taking these 10 minutes or so to arrive and arrive again to arrive with each breath to arrive in the aliveness of this moment this experience of body sitting here this being together quietly.
So welcome once again, friends, and uh, just sitting quietly together, reminded of the privilege of, for all of us, of being in this kind of environment, of having the situation that we have, of having to, to been able to take the time out from the various uh, details and duties of your life to be in this very supportive environment and just listening to the quiet sitting together. Sensing the support of the place, the land, the staff and uh, all the different uh, elements and this really this whole environment of care in which we get to hang out quietly with ourselves and look at the nature of things. Quite a privilege. So there's, there's about 50-something of us here, and we fill the hall quite easily, but I notice there's a few gaps here and there. So those of you, I know some of you like to skulk uh, near the back, but uh, if you're feeling far away, please feel free to just uh, fill up the spaces uh, further forward. And I certainly like it if, uh, if people are near enough to, to not get sort of lost too much. Okay, well, maybe others of you will feel more inclined to move forward. I'd rather you move forward than back as the days go by. (laughs) So the title of the retreat is This Body is the Universe. It might might sound like a, a strange title. Uh, maybe not, maybe it sounds ordinary, like, yeah, this body is the universe, that's, that's how it is and how you walk around, if which, in which case, wonderful. But it also strikes me that it may, it may seem odd as a statement. Right? I mean, we're used to body as, as this thing, so in many ways we'll unpack what do we mean by this body is the universe as the days go by. It also strikes me that we tend to think of meditation practice. And meditation practice isn't by any means the whole of the Dharma, right? Of a a life practice of investigation and transformation. But it's sort of the the heart of that practice. And it's the focus of of these days together, right? This is a meditation retreat. And it strikes me that we tend to think of meditation as predominantly to do with our minds. We might have expected, maybe, the statement more that this mind is the universe. We tend to think of meditation as opening the mind in some way, working with the mind. And that's true in, uh, in a way, but the problem is the way that many of us, most of us, conceive of mind is rather mental. Right? It's rather uh, abstract. We tend to think of our mind as some kind of uh, space that's off there somewhere. And people will say, oh, I, got, I was so much uh, lost in my mind. 
And we speak often about meditation as you know, working with the mind, and also the, the sense of trying to come back, come back from the mind as if it's gone off somewhere. Come, coming back to the sense of the here and now. And we speak of the here and now. Oh God, one hears so much about the here and now in meditation. And also often in a way that suggests a kind of cognitive sense to presence. Being here. Mind is here. Mind is now. And yet, meditation is very much a visceral practice. A bodily practice. It's the waking up to the body of our life, the body of our experience, the fact that everything, that which we call physical or that which we call mental or emotional, everything, that which we call inner and that which we call outer, everything is happening here in this, this body of experience. You have never had a single experience that was anywhere in the universe other than in your body. You can't experience anything other than this body. You might say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm looking now out here, out here. But actually, if we look contemplatively, even at our looking, where is looking happening? Here. There's no escape from here. We can't, oh, there I am, oh, there I am. We can't get away from the hereness, the visceral hereness, the physical hereness, the energetic hereness, the bodily hereness of our lives. And I wonder sometimes, in all the talk about, of meditation and all the working with the mind, if sometimes, for some of us, that can even exacerbate the tendency to mentalize, to abstract our sense of experience. And that which we call mindfulness, the engine of this practice, which we equally could call bodyfulness, right? that I wonder sometimes if that being mindful of, or being aware of, being attentive to, sometimes is practiced in such a way that we have the sense of being mindful of at a distance. And we might practice meditation with the idea of watching the breath. Right? Oh yes, the breath. The breath is doing this, the breath is doing that. The breath is coming in, the breath is going out. This isn't a practice of watching our breath, observing our breath, but much more one of sensing into the breathing, the body, inhabiting the hereness where things are unfolding. And so the whole week really is about the infinitely deepening trajectory, the infinitely (coughs) deepening possibility of finding out what it is to be embodied, 
what it is to be in the here-ness of our experience and to find out all that seems to be the edges of this here-ness, the edges of this body, right? We tend to think of body as a thing, as this. And to explore what we tend to think of as body as thing and increasingly maybe to find the sense of body as process, body as movement, body as experience. In the original, uh, in the Buddha's teachings, from where the practices that we'll do and the teachings that support them come from, the Buddha points to four satipatthanas, four areas to really bring meditative intention and uh, attention and inquiry. He says, these four areas need attention, need inquiry, need uh, a kind of close, intimate exploration. First one is body. Not the body. There's no, there's no the uh, in uh, the way it's described. We often speak about that mindfulness of the body as the first of the satipatthanas. But mindfulness of body, it's a little different, right, without the, the nounifying of it. So the Buddha says there are six ways that it's important, that it's helpful to pay attention to this uh, this process, this this flow of experience, this hereness that we call body. This is firstly can attend, attending to the experience of body through the experience of breathing. That the the, the energy of the in breath, that expansiveness that that uh, animates the cells literally oxygenates the cells, enlivens this bodily field of experience. The out-breath, that natural quality of a certain relaxing, a letting go, a coming to rest, a releasing that the body's doing in each out-breath. And that quality of stillness that's there, that momentary stillness between breaths, that we might sometimes experience just as a flickering moment at the end of the out-breath, before the next in-breath happens, but that we might increasingly, as our attention slows and sensitizes, we might experience as a kind of a vastness, a stillness, a mysteriousness. And qualities of bodily experience, qualities of the way experience is, and the way life is, the animating quality of life that's in the in-breath, the coming to rest quality of life that's in the out-breath, the stillness at the heart of life in between breaths. That we can investigate, participate in, explore, be present to through attending to the body of the breath, to attending to breath as a way of exploring this body, this hereness. And those of you who are familiar with uh, meditation, and probably even those of you who aren't, actually, that sense of breath as the kind of um, 
as the, the thread that runs through the heart of meditation practice, really. We'll be exploring in a lot of different ways. And then, secondly, Buddha says, exploring body through its, the postures, attending to, the, to what it's like to, be, to sit, to walk, to stand, to lie down. Somebody once said to the Buddha, do I really need all this talk of mindfulness? Do I really need to be mindful all the time? And the Buddha said, well, just while sitting, standing, lying, and walking, and moving in between one of those and another. And that's basically all we're going to be doing these next days. Like it's all we're doing any time, right? That's what we do. Body sits, body stands, body moves, body rests. Body goes from standing to resting, etc. And we're invited, and we're inviting ourselves to kind of to see the, the, what we usually make of much of the drama and details of our life, to bring it down to something rather simple, rather elemental, rather immediate. Body here, body like this, however it is. And then, exploring the body through activity, the, the third way Buddha points to explore mindfulness of bodily experience in the activities the activities that will be offered in the work period the activities of the eating the activities of going to the bathroom going for a walk after lunch etc and finding out well, why, would I, why would I pay attention and if we're familiar with practice, we might say, well, yeah, I know why I, why I pay attention to the body, right? That's what mindfulness practice is. And yet, you know, reflecting myself after some day, two and a half decades of this practice, how what this experience is and what it means to pay attention to this experience and what this experience reveals just keeps on deepening, keeps on deepening. A few of you were with me in India in November, and we we stayed for some days at the Thai monastery in Budgaya, the place where the Buddha sat under the tree. And rather by chance, we uh, we met an old monk there, who asked, you know, where we were asked a little bit where we were coming from and what we were doing, etc. And I explained my connection to Bodhgaya and the fact that I taught retreats in that monastery for many years and that I used to sit there with Christopher, who was the founding teacher of Gaia House. And the monk said, oh, I was at Christopher's ordination in 1964, I think it was. I shaved his head at his ordination. I said, wow, great. So I made this rather formal request that one makes with monks. Bhante, please... Share some uh, Dharma teachings with us. And we sat in the in the hall, the group that uh, that uh, we were together with uh, Bhante, and he spoke about the four Satipatthanas. And he spoke about them through the lens of this particular practice that I'd always heard about from Christopher, and then some of you have maybe heard me or him uh, speak about this practice that his teacher was very fond of in the monastery, which is they would to sit for three hours and do this. 
Raise the right arm a few inches and lower the right arm a few inches. And raise it a few inches and lower it a few inches for three hours every afternoon. This is called mindfulness of body in activity. Simple activity. Lower the Raise it lower. I just had tea with Christopher this afternoon because I was in town and I was telling him the story. Oh, I met the monk and, uh, and we were speaking about this practice a little bit. And how, just when the, the repeated attention to that practice, so there's the basic mindfulness practice, right, of waking up to the miracle of body, right? I mean, this, it's quite mysterious. And we might, with our sort of scientific education, we might say something about brain impulses and something, and that's why the hand moves. But actually, the re- direct relationship between volition, I want the hand to move, oh, there it goes. How does the wanting get stimulated? How does the movement get stimulated? What's doing all this? Right? What is it that's keeping this body, heart, mind, life animated? Very mysterious. It's easy to come up with an answer, but answers are useless. Right? Answers won't really satisfy the the profound questioning that might arise. What is doing this? What is this? And so Christopher was speaking this afternoon a little bit about this practice and how, of course, the, and the, the old monk, when he gave us the teachings in the monastery, was talking about how you're practicing with your hand, but actually you're practicing with your heart. And you start to see a lot about your heart in raising and lowering the hand. We might say, well, well how? But that's one of the mysteries, right, of a deepening meditation practice is that what really happens, same thing, hand is lowering and raising, but what happens over time, we slow down, we get more sensitive. Our capacity to be curious, to sense into, to investigate, and to understand in a rather direct way opens things up. And so Christopher was speaking about, oh, that moving of the hand starts to see the relationship of the hand to the activities of the day. The way the hand expresses generosity, creativity. The hand as uh, the way it uh, rests in itself, rests in the other hand in meditation. And so these qualities of heart coming alive in seeing the impulses and gestures of the hand in just sensing it, the raising and lowering. Equally, one starts to learn something in just that patient practice of raising and lowering about the other actions of the hand, right? the tendency towards the grasping of the hand, the movements of the way the hand can, might express fear, alarm, So mindfulness of body, exploration of this bodily experience, insight into the nature of embodied life through just the simple activities of life. And again, plenty of opportunity these days for the simple activities of life. 24-7 opportunity. And then 
How many have we got to? This was just going to be a couple of minutes to speak about these bits, but we'll carry on. And then um, the fourth one, Buddha, Buddha speaks about oh, awareness of um, of body in terms of the the different bodily parts and functions. Right? Contemplating that, like I was saying, that mystery, mysteriousness of how it moves. Contemplating the beating of the heart, the movement of the breath, the changes in temperature. Contemplating the, you know, the, the, the fact of digestion, the kind of mysterious alchemical transformation, the growing of the hair and the falling out of the hair, the graying of the hair, the aging and wrinkling and seizing up. The fact, it's one of the things I notice when I contemplate in that way, the fact that it's just, that it has its own intelligence, and the body's doing its own thing, you know? Nails aren't growing on command, right? If I had to remind it myself, well, the nail's got to grow, the hair has to grow, the skin needs to replenish itself, heart's got to keep beating, you know, how long would I last? kind of awakens to something of the, the miraculousness, but the, the kind of natural intelligence of bodily life. Mindfulness of body in terms of the elements, right? the wind element, breath, the water element, the fluidity of bodily experience. And not just in terms of the, the, the fluid of blood moving, etc., but just actually the fluidity of experience itself, that kind of watery sense of the movement, the way one thing turns into another. The fire element, the way body produces heat and digestion, etc. The earth element, just this sort of solid quality that body has. And the way as we explore that, it starts to kind of undo some of the sense of ownership, my body. Some of the sense of thingness, the body. And we start to see body as this, this earthiness, this fluidity, this heat, this wind. And then contemplating the body in terms of its fragility, the fragility of this life. Proximity, the unknown but pretty close proximity of death. The fact that, uh, it's this, uh, that this bodily existence is on a one-way trajectory, hurtling towards certain end, it tends to wake us up to the rarity, the preciousness, the, the, the fleetingness. of finding ourselves here, in this more or less functioning, feeling, self-regulating, bodily experience. And given all of that, it then starts to seem rather tragic, rather reductive to take body for granted as we often do, until it exhibits some kind of worrying signs when we suddenly get very concerned about it. To 
conceive of body, as we do often in a sort of more or less conscious, semi-conscious way, as a thing. This thing that I lug around as if there's some, some sort of controlling or owning entity that's having a body. So, the opportunity these days to wake up in this bodily experience, wake up to this bodily experience, wake up as this bodily experience. And if you want a certain shorthand for how we do that, then there's a nice line by Ajahn Chah, another Thai teacher who was asked to, to summarize practice and said, don't let your mind leave your body. That's it. Never, never, that's what he said, never let your mind leave your body. Oh. So if that seems like a tall order, maybe we can give a slightly modified instruction, which is when you realize <laughs> that mind has left the body, mind has left the building, just to have the willingness the, 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 uh, and the, the sincerity to come back to yourself, to come back to the earthiness of body sitting, the fluidity of bodily sensation, the, the movement of air, of body breathing. So often we notice, and you know, I'll say this, and I'm, I'll no doubt say it again, and I'll no doubt say it many times, and they'll still be in vain, because right? the habit is so strong. But many times we notice, oh, the mind has left the body, right? I'm here meditating, but actually I've become seduced by some thoughts of uh, last week, last Christmas, last lifetime, I don't know. And then we remember there's some instruction about coming back to the body. But this particular thought is rather fascinating and compelling. And I will go back to the body, but in about two or three minutes when I've... Right. So through the, just the exposure of our practice, we get to really see what are, we, what are you supporting? And it's humbling sometimes. Some of us, you know, no doubt, right? Some of you have been to Gaia House many times. Some of you I've seen many times. No doubt. You're really sincere in your practice. And yet, even in the midst of that sincerity, right, and the sincerity that asks us to just, and that says, oh, yes, we feel a kind of ease of that, the freedom of that. Yes, just when I notice I've gone away, just come back. Just be simple. Just let mind and body be right here. Let myself actually just inhabit experience as it is. Oh, it sounds like a great relief compared to all the inner dramas that I can get into. And yet despite the, the recognition of that and the sincerity with which one might uh, wish to engage in that way, we get to see what it is we're actually supporting. We get to see those times when we're just seduced by all those inner fabrications of fabrications and fears and uh, regrets and nostalgias and hopes and anxieties and imaginings and inspirations. Nice. But 
Don't let your mind leave your body. Just for five days. And let's see. Or, and you find that for the XCM time, and you've gotten lost again and again and again and again, at least, please, don't give yourself a hard time for it. But in the moment that you notice, don't support that. Support the simplicity. Support the embodiment. Support the return. Support the presence. Support the aliveness to the fact that everything you could possibly experience, everything you're longing for, everything in the universe is right here. The world arises and passes away. This is a line of the Buddhas. The whole world arises and passes away in this very body. Everything you have known, everything you have loved, everything you have um, been in contact with, everything you have longed for, everything you will ever know, here. So that which we call here and that which we call there, that which we call mine and that which we call not mine, in the seeing, in the noticing, in the hearing, in the conceiving, in the imagining, in the remembering, in the field of experience that we call this body. And in practicing together in this way, we'll see, we'll see what we might discover about the nature of body, about the nature of life, about the nature of freedom. Yes. Well, that seems to be enough about body. Uh, yeah. The six point of we didn't get to six. I thought you said six. That's the terror of giving a list, a numbered list. <laughs> You've got to get to through all of them. Breath, the breath the posture, postures, activities, parts, of the parts, parts, elements, and proximity of death. So I think we covered them all. Huh? Yeah. And then the other three satipatthanas, the other three foundations. So uh, it's not that they're apart from body either. Right? Same thing. So the body can be explored in these six ways. You know, the Buddha loved numbered lists, but he didn't have to remember somebody else's numbered lists, right? So he couldn't get it wrong. He could just. You know, one, there's this one, there's that one, there's this one, there's that one. And then, okay, everyone says, right, there's four. So then it's known. But when we say, oh, there's, there was four, the Buddha said there was four, then we've got to remember them all. So body in all these ways. And the next is the, the affect of experience. Right? It's pleasantness or unpleasantness. 
So that's another realm to explore, just to explore the pleasantness or unpleasantness or, or neutrality of experience. But of course, that, that happens here in the body, not separate, not different from. And the third, to explore the mind, to explore mind states, to explore the mind, whether it's in this condition or that condition. Explore the moods and attitudes and uh, emotions that pass through us. Right? But of course, the way, those are known here. Also, also, it's also an exploration of body. And then finally, to explore phenomena, to explore the way things are, to explore basically the nature of experience. Right? What's happening in the seeing of an object? What's happening when, uh, in the way that we respond to being to the stimulus of experience? What's happening to, uh, in the nature of the way things are moment by moment? That which we take to be solid, like something we see, or like, like the body itself, is it really solid? Or when we get inside the perception, do we just find the changing movement of things moment by moment? So some of you are very familiar, no doubt, with the four foundations of mindfulness, and we might not refer to them so much through the uh, days, but just to point to the fact that all the realms that are pointed to as realms of experience worth giving attention to for the purpose of insight, understanding, liberation, freeing up the heart, responding to life more freely, wisely, lovingly. All those realms are here in this body. The whole world arises and passes away here in this body. So, we could uh, spend some more time sitting together, but I'm aware you've been sitting already for a while, and this body might be showing some signs of that. So if you'd like to stand or stretch or move a little for a moment, please feel free. So as you settle into meditation, just letting yourself come into contact with the experience of body sitting here in a way that's fresh. 
Putting aside the image and the idea of body. And just feeling the living experience, knowing the body from the inside. What the Buddha described as knowing the body in the body. The pressure of your buttocks on the chair or the floor. The alignment that you can feel in the, along your back. The warmth of your palms on your knees. Or maybe the coolness of your palms upturned to the air. Whatever you notice, whatever stands out to you in this field of sensation, whatever helps you, whatever sensations help you ground your attention in the lived experience of body right here. Noticing any subtle tensions Sometimes in the face, around your eyes or your forehead, in your jaw maybe. Any ways in which we tend to brace ourselves in our bodies. Gently scanning for any tensions and wherever you notice them, just inviting them to soften. Scanning down through your arms and hands. Into your belly. As you sense into your belly area, see if you can feel the movement of the breathing down in your belly. The expansion that happens with the in-breath. The relaxation or deflation of the out-breath. and momentary stillness between breaths.
and for the 20 minutes or so that we sit here just sustaining the intention to gather your attention down in your belly belly is the center of gravity of bodily experience the lowest place in your torso where you can feel that rhythm of expanding in-breath, relaxing out-breath. Stillness between breaths. Letting alone whatever extraneous thoughts might arise and pass by. Letting more and more of your attention just drop down into your belly. Let your attention ride on the relaxation of the outbreath down into your belly.
So embodiment is the base, the foundation of our practice. And embodiment is the, the fruits, increasingly, of our practice. And the way we engage in those practices will be very simple, really, throughout the days. And yet that simplicity offers the opportunity really for a deep dive. A dive into this body that is all of our experience. A dive beyond our ideas and beyond ideation. Beyond our self-identity and self-image that's often so tied to body. So, like I said earlier, welcome. I look forward to exploring and hanging out together. A couple of housekeeping things then. Um, I'll try to make as much time as I can during the days to meet with you in different ways. I'll make plenty of opportunity in the hall here during and after meditation sessions just to hear a little from you of what you're noticing, what's standing out in your practice. So that's one opportunity where you can uh, just check in and uh, if you have doubts or concerns or questions or uh, uh, comments to make about your practice, that's one opportunity for that. I'll also, uh, a little further on in the week, make up opportunities to meet with me individually as well. So I'll speak about that more as the day goes on, as the days go on. Um, also, just in terms of the environment of living together over these days, just the encouragement really to be rather kind and gentle with each other. And given that this is a silent retreat, most of the way you can be kind and gentle with each other is leaving each other alone. Right. Leave each other alone, kindly and gently. So that you really have each one of uh, uh, you really have the space to be with yourself and that you each give each other you give everybody else the space to be with themselves and that kindness and gentleness partly creates a kind of container of kindness and gentleness a container of safety a container of trust in which we all live here together and there's something about just a general attitude to one another of kindness and gentleness that actually really conduces to the meditative process. An attitude of kindness and gentleness favors a kind of a, a relaxation, favors a kind of opening up energetically, emotionally, mentally. It's very hard to relax. It's very hard to open up 
when one's being mean-spirited, suspicious, judgmental. Just, they just don't go together. Those things, they kind of narrow our attention. And that narrowness keeps us in fixed views. A narrow sense of what body is. A narrow sense of who I am. A narrow sense of who the other is. So that, uh, that generous attitude to one another. That kind of uh, gracious and graceful leaving alone of one another as an opportunity to literally to take care of each other and as a kind of, as a way that actually allows us to relax ourselves and with each other more fully more deeply um for those of you who are newer to meditation i'll make a little time tomorrow to speak a little bit more about uh posture and and in the in generally in the sit after breakfast tomorrow I'll, um, after the work period, I'll make some time to kind of to speak more fully about uh, how we're how we're practicing meditation through the day tomorrow. Is that enough? Is there anything that feels like it needs to be clear right now that isn't? So the only other thing to say is that you can see most of you are, like I say, familiar with the schedule, so you're not at all alarmed by the idea of six o'clock awake and exercise. In fact, that's what you came for. But, you know, sometimes in arriving on retreat, you come with a certain accumulated fatigue, maybe, of life, some of the accumulated momentum of a busy life, and... Just sometimes arriving and, oh, the quietness and the stillness, and one starts to sense some of that accumulated fatigue. So, on the first morning of a retreat, I like to encourage you not to necessarily get up for the first sit. <gasps> right. If you wake up, please come. Come and sit. Don't just an idle mind go here and there in your bed. But I would encourage you not to put an alarm on tomorrow. Anyway, somebody will be crashing around with the bell, right? So you won't need an alarm. In fact, who's the bell ringer at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning? Okay, please don't ring it tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Right, just tomorrow. If, I don't know who, what the rhythm is. If you're on for the other days, please do ring it. But, you know, uh, those of you who are familiar with retreat practice, you know what it's like the first day of a retreat, right? <laughs> You know, there tends to be tiredness there. So why get up at six o'clock and then be tired all day? Right? If you're awake anyway, and maybe some of you naturally wake up early, some of you like to wake up early, you're good. But if it may be that you might be better served by actually letting yourself have that a kind of the quality of rest that maybe becomes a little more available to you by being in this kind of environment, through the kind of the silence and the slowing down and the simplicity of things. So there's an open space in here for a silent sitting tomorrow in that time from 6.45 through to breakfast time. But we'll leave it like that, right? Just an open space uh, to come and sit quietly if you're awake and wish to. And then 
From then on every morning, I'll be strongly and warmly encouraging you to get up when the bell rings and uh, come and sit. But just for that kind of easing in, I think that's helpful. And the invitation where it generally says, uh, awake and exercise. So just the opportunity, some of you anyway, are kind of well, have some kind of formal practice that you do in the mornings. You might do some yoga postures or qigong or tai chi or something else. Some of you may go run in the early mornings or something. But just the, the opportunity, the invitation when you wake to just to stretch a little, to enliven the cells. And we'll do a little bit of... Um, mindful movement uh, together during the days but in that early morning just the the helpful just to actually you know bring some awareness into the different parts of the body through the stretching or the movement or the might be just that you sort of jump up and down on the spot and, and shake a little bit you know just shaking sometimes very good for vivifying the body some of your morning exercises like and then turn over Okay, so uh, if it's not already clear, the silence uh, has begun now. So just to let yourself feel welcomed into this environment of slowing down, of being quiet, of being rather simple. So I wish you a peaceful night's rest and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay, friends, good night, sleep well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.